your girl Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just Ghoulie Things. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghoulie Things. And we are your bootyful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. This is Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode 30. And 30 is giving us a lot of technical difficulties. This is the third time we're attempting to record even the first story in like 40 <laughs> minutes. It's insane. <sighs> Lily went through her first story, which is like a relatively long one with a bunch of weird paranormal things. And halfway through, my audio cut out. And then I reset my computer, which was taking forever. And then just things technically were just going really weird. So now I have Lily on FaceTime with my phone up to the mic. So hopefully this sounds good and isn't different from the quality that we typically have. So if so, sorry in advance. I hope I hope it's fine. It sounded fine. Yeah. So uh, Lily, let's get started with that, that cursed story again. All right. Yeah, this story is cursed, I think, honestly. Like, even the author at the end says that, like, as he was typing it, or, like, after, after he was after he posted it, weird shit started happening. Like, now we're reading it and weird shit is happening. Like, Yeah, it just doesn't add up. Especially with the things that are going wrong. It just makes no sense. Okay, so. Here we go. Living in an 1880 farmhouse. My experience. <laughs> Sounds so familiar. Let's this again. Sorry, this may be long. My experience needs some backstory before I get into it. So it was 2018, and my my parents are probably like, what is she doing saying the same story three fucking times? (laughs) We get it. It's an 1880 fucking farmhouse. Um, So it was 2018, and my uncle's wife unfortunately passed away at a young age in May. My parents... Uh, ended up selling our condo in June with no intention of purchasing another place and went to Europe for vacation for about a year. So that left me with no place to go. So we decided that I would stay with my uncle. My uncle's house was quite weird looking. One side was built in 2010 and the other in 1880. I'm a history nerd, so I wanted to be in the 1880 section. My girlfriend need, my girlfriend ended up moving in with me at my uncle's house as well. However, after my aunt's passing, her urn was kept in the house on the mantle in the living room for some time before it, before being buried as an eco tree thing. It creeped me out a lot. And I always told myself that my brain was, would subconsciously try to play tricks on me, especially in the living room. So I was sitting in the living room watching a movie. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. And I was sitting in a massage chair facing the entire living room with the couch somewhat in view. But I was staring at the TV. Something funny happened in the movie. And I laughed out loud and said, did you see that? As I was saying that, I turned my head towards the couch. And in the corner of my eye, it looked like someone was sitting there. That's why I said it out loud. This really creeped me out because I literally felt the presence of someone there on the couch a few feet away from me. Next, my aunt was finally buried, and my uncle moved on fairly quickly. He brought in a girl, and she moved in with him within the first few nights of them meeting. I didn't see shadows or anything, but there was a really upsetting presence in the hall of the 1880 section. I literally began running from my room to the bathroom just so I wasn't in there for too long. It felt as if someone was watching me, and I felt that the presence gravitated towards a section of the hallway. 
I never felt anything like this in the house, even with my aunt's remains there. So one day I said enough was enough, and I began looking around the hallway and opened a closet. The closet opened into a little nook. In that nook was all my aunt's stuff that was left untouched since her death. That's where I felt a huge concentration of that presence. As my uncle's new girlfriend started hanging around the house more and more because she could work from home, the presence seemed to get upset, and you could feel an amount of anger in the air. This led to doors slamming, lights burning, light, lights turning on at around 3 a.m., Bluetooth speakers playing music with no connection whatsoever, and my uncle's dog is going insane at thin air. I think it was my aunt upset about the new girl. I slowly got used to all this stuff and began ignoring it. I eventually moved out and lived in other places for a year. Then my parents got divorced and my mother came back from Europe. My uncle ended up buying a new house while the 2010-1880 house was still on the market. In 2019 to 2020, my girlfriend, sister, and I and my mother wanted to live as a family again. So we decided we would move into the house so it didn't stand empty while it was waiting to be sold. We moved in started paying rent to my uncle and began moving our stuff in. Everything was calm at first. However, that hall had the same presence again. I ended up taking the master bedroom this time because it was much larger. This bedroom was where my aunt spent some of her last hours on this earth. But I didn't find that out until a little later. I started having nightmares. I couldn't sleep. We had two doors for the room. One led into the 1880 hallway and the other into the 2010 edition. It was a hot summer, so the 1880 door was open so that a breeze could go through. I was sleeping and suddenly woke up at night. That's when I saw a shadow standing in the door. It was a perfect silhouette, and as I was waking up and beginning to try to investigate, it was still standing there. That's when a little panic set over me because I thought we were being robbed or had a home intruder. I quickly grabbed a flashlight and at the same time a knife. When I shined the flashlight, nothing was there. This was honestly the scariest thing in my life. I literally saw, clear as day, something standing there. I was ready to fight, and I ended up waking the whole house. Then things got weird. Things started to slam randomly throughout the house. Not like little knocks, but full-on slams. I get goosebumps just typing this. But the slams were loud. They usually occurred when everyone was together in the living room having a good time or eating dinner. They always happened upstairs and sometimes in the master bedroom. My girlfriend's makeup bags would be destroyed on the ground. Sometimes we couldn't find what fell. It just seemed like whatever it was wanted to make noise. Our cat always hanged around with us, and when we heard noises, that was our first inclination. But that little bastard never left our side, <laughs> which began freaking out everyone, even my mom, who is a skeptic. The activity started to pick up around my aunt's birthday. We ended up lighting a candle for her next to a picture of Jesus to maybe help the problem. However, slams and stuff never went away. We moved out in February of 2020 because the house sold. However, towards the end, the 1880 room in which I had originally slept began to have a very dark presence. Dark and it felt like nothing before. No, dark and it felt like nothing before. The presence gravitated towards the closet. I didn't say anything, and my mom approached me about what she felt next to the room. That's when I told her I felt a similar thing, and we ended up avoiding the room. However, when looking into the room, something was staring back, and you could feel its eyes on you. So I think this could have been my aunt or someone who lived in the house in 1880. They or it never did anything that needed immediate attention, 
but the house turned a few skeptics into somewhat believers. I also discovered the owner of the house before my uncle died of cancer, presumably in the house. My aunt also had cancer when she passed. Perhaps the figure I saw at the door was the man or my aunt. Who knows? But that's my experience. Wow. Yeah. And then we have an update. It says, uh, April 16th, 2020, 4.45 p.m. I just posted the story today. I shit you not, after I finished typing this, some weird stuff started happening. I was laying in bed right after posting, and my girlfriend's phone flew off the nightstand twice as she was sleeping. I'm not trying to be paranoid or jumping to conclusions. I'm still a bit of a skeptic, and I do not mean to deceive, but I think I may have made a mistake talking about this. (sighs) Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, I don't blame you because now weird things are going off on our end where we've had to constantly refilm this one story over and over again. So I don't know. It's just that's a really weird story. And I feel like they said it's like a dark energy. So why? I mean, unless the aunt was a very negative person when she was living, I don't know why, you know, why she would be, you know, dark towards her family members in the afterlife. But maybe that's just how she was. I don't know. Um, yeah, and especially with a house that was built so long ago, that opens up, you know, centuries, you know, of history, of, of, history, of potential, you know, what could have happened there. So. Definitely. Definitely. That was a good story. All right. Thanks. We Mark, made it through the first story. We did. All right. We have nine more stories to go. So buckle up, guys. Um, <laughs> this next story is my personal scary experience with a horrible and evil presence in the woods. I work at a summer camp and had a very dark experience that I will never forget. It was the closest I ever got to pure spiritual darkness and the most disgusting and blood-chilling experience I've had with utter despair and horror. Sleep is hard to get when you work at a summer camp, so I have already was tired and losing energy because most nights the kids in my cabin would stay up making farting noises or giggling or would ask to use the bathroom right after I had fallen asleep. On one of the weeks at camp, I started getting a cold or fever or just plain sick. Ah, yeah, I remember. Before getting physically sick, I remember telling my camp director that there seemed to be a dark presence over the camp that I had a feeling in my spirit and from others as well. I can recall it now. I remember feeling fear and a sense of... A sense of horror in a way, but it was far away, not tangible or understandable, but like terror and darkness and doom were following me from a distance in the spiritual realm, but were far enough away that I could not see them clearly, but could make out that I was being followed. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but it was like a feeling of impending doom or being scared that there was no hope for the future, despair, hopelessness, darkness, the opposite of salvation and sanctity, fear and inner terror, but not, but not for anything in particular, just a sense of dread of the future and internal confusion and strangeness. This is dark as hell. So, okay, I'm a visual processor, <laughs> so I want to give you how I describe it in a picture. Imagine going about your normal day. But you just feel this anxiety come over you for no reason. You look around at the people walking around and talking, but gradually start to feel detached from reality. Like you shake your head and look around expecting to see someone staring at you or something, but nothing. You smile at others and laugh, but as soon as you turn around and walk away, you feel that same distant and eerie feeling again. Like you're in two worlds at once, but you cannot see the second one you're in. I felt this before. Have you? I feel like I felt this before. I mean... Yes and no, not to the point where I was like super duper freaked out, but like yeah, I, I like you don't you just don't feel like you're in the now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, 
I was not depressed at the time this all happened, but I felt a feeling of despair over myself and felt like I was being whispered in my ear, mine, to kill myself, and I am not a suicidal person, so I knew something was very strange about this. It wasn't just in my head. This wasn't me. It was further than that. Um, let's see. It was further than that. So I talked to the director, and he said he felt something similar over the camp, and we prayed and went away, and it, and went away from there. Later that week, could have been that night for all I know. The event was separated from my reality in a sense. I couldn't fall asleep. I was having those weird fever dreams, whatever they are called, where a song just loops in your head and you can't get rid of it. It was horrible. I felt nauseous and I had a headache too. Now the weird stuff started to happen. I was on the floor because the beds were full and normally things are just normal. You feel in your own headspace and feel like you're in the real world, but I just felt this weird presence I can't explain, like that other world feeling I said earlier. Like I would sit up and look out the window expecting to see something evil looking at me and it felt like something was supposed to be there, but it wasn't and that's what scared me the most. Like if I tried to see whatever I felt, it wasn't there. I kept feeling the sense of dread and fear, but now it was close. It was nearby and I wouldn't and it was nearby and I would sense it and feel it. I couldn't fall asleep and I was physically feeling ill, but as the night went on more and more, I felt more like I was spiritually sick, like my spirit had darkness surrounding it and harassing it. Like not just my body feeling gross, but my spirit felt gross and sick too. Just weird. Anyway, so I start feeling really horrible, like I need to puke. So I get up to go to the bathhouse, which is a really small trail in the woods to the clearing where the dining hall and main camp is at. The cabins are separated into the boys' and girls' area, and the boys' area is more off in the wooded area, and the girls' is closer to the meadow. So when I leave the cabin and step out, it feels silent. Like, it felt silent. It actually wasn't that quiet outside. It was just, it felt quiet in my spirit. Like, there were things sneaking around me that I couldn't see or hear or feel, but they were there. Horrible darkness and fear was over me. So I'm walking over to the bathroom. The trail is very dark, very little light. I see ahead of me the very dark trail. I can't really even see the trail. It's so dark. I have my phone's flashlight on, which makes it creepier since it only glows and doesn't give much light. I'm having a hard time recalling the feeling right now as I'm writing, but as I'm walking, my thoughts are, I think there's something purely demonic and terrifying before me. I can feel it, however, but I cannot see it. So, remember what I said about that feeling of being in two worlds at the same time? I had that way stronger now. Like, I was no longer in my world at all, but in another realm of pure darkness and pure evil. It was like I was in his or her or its lair. I was exiting my world and stepping into the realm of darkness and terror. But I was blind, both in my own world and to theirs. But I was blind only to physical light in my world and completely blind in theirs. But I could sense and feel that I was somewhere else in my spirit. Perhaps my body was reacting to my spirit being elsewhere for such a short time. My illness was random and evaporated after this event. I stand before the trail in sheer terror. My heart knows there's something truly horrible there in front of me. Formless, pure, horrible chaos, lurking, serpent, horror, fear, darkness. I don't know. I'm shuddering in terror. I feel safer by my cabin. I'm like 80% in my world there and only 20% in their world as I'm by the cabin. Like I have protection and safety near my boys. And every step I take into the darkness, I move away from God or Jesus. Um, Even into their world and even more so out of my protection and security and so on. Stepping more into isolation and depravity and chaos and darkness of the soul. Horrible, horrible, horrible darkness. How did I feel? I wonder halfway if I can't recall more vividly because it would scare me too much. Yuck. 
All right. I mean, yeah. Imagine roaring monsters and demons and terrors of the darkness before you that you can't even see, but you can feel, and your friend or lover or father or mother figure of security and safety is standing there with you before the darkness, and as you walk towards the bathroom, you aren't just walking into darkness, but away from your parent, lover, friend, etc. And you are all alone in fear, in sheer fear and terror. That's exactly how I felt. As I descend into evil, pure terror and death, each step on the path I shudder in the cold night darkness and shudder as monsters of pure sorrow and pure evil lurk over me and above me and surround me with their presence. I call on the name of the Lord. I repeated a prayer over and over while I was truly terrified, chattering my teeth, stopping and shivering and shuddering in the cold and terror as I moved farther and farther away from the protection of light and spiritual security. I would stop and shudder, feeling as though I did not gird myself with the more protection of Scripture. I should be torn to sh- I would be torn to shreds and destroyed by darkness. And B, I can't imagine what I would have felt if I had not protected myself with the Scripture and trust in Jesus and the Lord our Father. So I guess this person is super, super religious, and they're really sensitive to their surroundings. As I walked into the darkness, step by slow step, and cried out, In my shuddering to the Lord, no, simply saying the truth at the darkness, but more declaring, speaking directly to the dark, the pure horror, the realm, the fear, the other world or presence, as I declared the truth to that monster of fear and presence and darkness and true terror itself, I felt stronger in each step. As as each step I grew farther into the dark, I felt balanced with strength to carry on. I did not feel less present in the dark, in the pure dark, the realm of terror and fear, horror, horrible, pure wrong corruptedness, corruption of fear. I felt as though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of evil, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So pretty much they're going through the the whole experience of how as he's going through this really, really dark experience, he's praying to, you know, who he believes in, his God, his Jesus, and he's starting to feel more safe in that even though he's getting darker into the depths of this evil because of his faith and how he believes in him uh, believes in his faith he's building a stronger and stronger um protection for him so overall 10 10 worst fear i've ever felt in my life i'm kind of glad i didn't get to see whatever was in that darkness a friend of mine said she saw demons chasing me down on that same trail at an earlier date before too i'd played the role of jesus on the cross in a skit and pissed them off. She said she wanted to protect me, but the Lord told her, no, trust me, I will protect him. Oh, huh. I've never put those two together before, but maybe she was having a prevision of that night I had. Huh, who knows? Crazy stuff. Or maybe it happened twice. Once I didn't feel because I was less aware or sensitive, sensitive to it, but this time I had gotten into some more spiritual areas of my life. The Lord is your heart and is for your good and protection. For your protection and comfort, he is your Lord. He loves you. Ciao. Huh. So, that, was, that was really well written. That was beautifully written. Right? And, like, I felt like I literally was experiencing this dark event with him. But it was a dark event that, you know, because of his faith and how strong he was in his faith, it, you know, he was able to come out of it even stronger. And he, yeah. And so I think that proves that, you know, not necessarily that you – I'm assuming this person's either Christian or Catholic. Yeah. You don't have to necessarily identify as that, like, under that religion or practice that religion. Um, but if you believe in something and, like, truly – you know, if you truly believe in some sort of faith and stand your ground against these dark spirits, you're able to defeat them because they only feed off of your weakness and your fear. Yeah. So the stronger Absolutely. you are in your faith, the better you are. So I just thought that was an interesting story with a good ending. 
I love that. I love a good demon story. Right? Not that I want to live one. Exactly. <laughs> right. Demons, stay away. Stay away. Okay. This one is short. The rest of mine are pretty short, I think. Okay. Oh, okay. It's called Pulsating White Light at My Window. So this happened roughly seven or eight years ago. I was living at my parents' house with my brother at the time. Our rooms were conjoined by a bathroom that was shared. I'm up late with my I'm up late doing my thing and he's doing his when all of a sudden he comes into my room. Dude, come in here. This is freaking me out. I rush through the bathroom and into his room where he takes me to his window that has paper blinds pulled down over it. There is a pulsating white light, maybe half the size of a basketball, and it's just phasing in and out outside the window. It was intermittent and would happen every five to seven seconds or so and would last maybe two seconds when it would shine. We were both too scared to open the blinds, and we were just really weirded out by it. Eventually, we got the courage to pull the blinds up after about 10 minutes of it doing this, and nothing was there. We pulled the blinds back down, and it never started doing it again. I promise you, this is 100% true, and I hadn't thought about it in years until today, but I just figured I'd share with you guys. Hmm. What do you think that was? See, I was thinking it could be a couple of things. It could be... A portal. Okay. Right? Yeah. Or a UFO. Ooh, we haven't had a good UFO encounter in a while. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Uh, did it but, say how old the person was? No, but I'm assuming they must have been pretty young because it was seven or eight years ago. Yeah. So, huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So my next story is titled Occurrences in the Guest Bedroom Bathroom, of course. In the bathroom. <laughs> Skeptic's perception. So, um, I guess Ooh, this pers- is going to be interesting. Yeah, so it's, it, from what I kind of, like, skimmed through, it seemed like they tried to debunk this along the way, um, just to kind of give a different perspective to those that are full believers. Uh, so this happened in 2019. Background. I'm an avid basketball player and pay every day and play every day in the evening for a couple of hours on an open court. This naturally gets me all dirty with sand dirty with sweat, as a result of which I take a bath twice in one day. Just like any other day, I returned from my basketball practice and went straight to have a bath. What changed that day was the fact that my room's bathroom was under maintenance for waterproofing, so I decided to use the guest bathroom's bedroom's bathroom. Normally, I don't prefer to, to use the guest bedroom's bathroom. It's cold, and usually upon entering that bathroom, you feel like there's a 5-kilo or 10-pound weight on your chest. Basically, the air just feels really heavy. It's also equipped with a full-wall mirror with a frame lighting detail for clicking photographs. Back to the day. Unusual instances and occurrences. 1. Water supply by the main valve for the guest bedroom was closed. Now, this may not seem all that unusual, and some might argue that if the bathroom isn't in use, it can naturally have its valve closed to prevent water wastage. But hear me out. I live in a place where we aren't charged for water, so it doesn't really make sense to take preventative measures for saving water in a seldom-used bathroom. Beyond all that of my young brother's bedroom doesn't have an attached bathroom, so this is his go-to place to do his business. Adding to the fact that my father wasn't home that time, only he and I can mediate those valves because they're seriously tight. Like, both of us use the might of our forces, and then it turns. So my mother has never touched those valves, and neither has my brother. It is beyond their physical abilities to mess with those valves. And two, uh, two, the LED light bulb kept fluctuating. The first weird thing I noticed was fluctuations in the LED equipped within the mirror. I know the LEDs work at low current and they're 
and their impedance is also as low as a result of which they don't show fluctuations, which are perceptive to human eyes in AC current flow. But these bulbs weren't at all fluctuating. Only those bulbs fluctuated, which were directly above my virtual mirror age, which whenever I shifted a bit to the right or to the left, as we usually do in a bathroom, the bulbs abruptly started to disco. Well, one can explain the fluctuation as a fault of current flow or leaking charges in an LED, but how do you explain the fluctuation of the bulbs directly above my virtual image? Three, falling of the toilet brush. It's like if the anomalies mentioned above weren't enough, coupled with the heavy air and unsettling cold temperatures in the bathroom, this was to happen. While I was shampooing and my eyes were closed, the toilet brush fell with a loud noise. I quickly opened my eyes to find out what happened. It kind of sounded like my, my shampoo bottle fell down, but I couldn't make sense of it because it was in my hand that time. I quickly washed the shampoo off and noticed the toilet brush halfway in the bathroom, six feet away from his residence. Now, I'm naturally a skeptic and don't really believe in ghosts and such, so I set out to find logic. We have a glass partition between the shower area and the WC, so there wasn't much water seeping out to have it fall down. Also, if it slipped in its place because of anything, any random natural object, it should have slipped in such a way that its handles remained in contact with the wall, but here it took a 180-degree turn and displaced by six feet. This just doesn't make sense to me. That's weird. Everyone, please give me a possible non-ghostly explanation to these events because this is weird. I think we got another classic case of the haunted bathroom. Right? And, like, I just... It seems like very poltergeist-ish in a way, Yeah, that's a word. Um, I don't know. It just – and this person has tried to disprove it in any of the logical ways you could. So I don't know what else it could have been except it's definitely not normal. So it's definitely a paranormal activity. Yeah, I think I think there's a spirit there probably just fucking around like, hey, what's this? Oh, mm. shit, knocked it over. My <laughs> bad, human. My you know, bad. that would be me. I would just fuck shit up by accident as a ghost. <laughs> Everyone would be freaked out. I'd be like, no, I'm really nice. I promise. I have a good personality. <laughs> All right, Lil, what's your next story? Okay, my next story is called The Mimic at Home. Ooh. And this one is kind of long, too. Okay, here we go. This isn't the first paranormal encounter I've had, but it is only the second time someone has someone was with me when something strange and inexplicable happened. We moved into a new house we're currently living in October of last year. I should mention the house we came from also had its share of really creepy happenings, and there is one event that I feel is connected to what happened in the new house. I was home alone with my dog, reading on my bed. My parents at the time were remodeling their bathroom and had met met with the man who would be doing the job at the home improvement store down the block to look at tiles. Now, this whole encounter is quick and over in a matter of a few seconds, if I'm being going to be honest with you. But even now, years later, I struggle to get out with shaky hands on my keyboard. Before I get on with it, I just want to say... I was in near silence, meaning no music was playing, no TV, my laptop was off and charging, I was not on my phone, no headphones in, basically I wasn't doing anything that would cause a noise, and seeing as I was home alone, the only source of a human voice would have been me. The only sound that could be heard was the sound of the AC. So, I was on my bed reading, my dog was downstairs, presumably napping since he was like 12 years old at the time. He's still kicking though, he's 17. (laughs) Yay! 
I Best part that. of the story. I love old dogs. Um, so 12 years old at the time, he's still kicking 17. He has a heart condition that causes him to get tired easily. All of a sudden, I hear my mom's voice greeting the dog like she always does when she comes home. And I mean exactly the way she does. Switching between English and Spanish, the same tone, everything. I stood up and stretched, but realized I hadn't heard the door open, so I approached the stairs and very confusedly called out to my mom. Mom? Silence. And then, my dog started screaming. I mean, screaming as if he was being tortured, crying and whining, and I started calling out to him, scared out of my mind. I took the first step of the stairs down and immediately froze. Something felt so, so very wrong. I was flushed with this fear. I knew without a doubt that whatever greeted my dog was not my mom. Whatever it was, it literally froze me with fear. My dog finally came running up, zoomed right past me into my room, headed into my bathroom, and hid behind the toilet. Mind you, through tears and shaky hands, I did call my mom. I practically blew her phone up, but all I got was voicemail. That was the first time something like that had ever happened to me, and I knew I couldn't just explain it off and shelve it in the back of my mind. Later, when my mom got home, I told both my parents about what happened, and they brushed it off and thought I was just imagining things. The second time is actually what I'm writing this post on. This happened in November of last year, but in between moving and settling in, finding a new job, my grandmother's declining health, and how scared shitless my mom was now has been the only time I've gotten to keep calm and tell the story, or now has been the only time. A comma can change everything. Let me (laughs) tell you, people. And tell the story of my second encounter with what I now refer to as the mimic. This new house we moved in this new house we moved into was built literally a month before we moved in. The neighborhood is still under construction. My mom and I were sitting in the family room giving each other pedicures. My stepfather had gone out with my grandfather to run some errands. We were watching something on Netflix when we both heard my stepdad come in through the door. My mom called out to him, "Are you okay?" To which we both heard him respond, "Yeah, honey, I'm good." We heard him open the garage door and go in, obviously thought nothing of it. Twenty minutes pass, and we both nearly jump out of our skins when my grandfather opens the backyard door in the family room, peeks his head in, and asks us to open the garage when we had a chance so they could unload groceries. My mom and I looked at each other, again, confused as it seems to be an ongoing theme, and she tells him, isn't it open? He just came in. We both look at each other, and she starts calling out to him. But my grandfather cuts her off and tells her that's impossible because my stepdad was out back. We go out to look there, and getting out of his car, to not confuse anyone, we have a huge, I mean huge backyard, fenced in, and my parents are in the midst of fixing up the backyard of this new house, so my grandfather had gone to the home improvement store to pick up some supplies and cement blocks to stand the barbecue on, and that's why they had brought the car to the back. That was my stepdad. I... Look at my mom to see. I look at my mom to see she has the same petrified look on her face. My stepdad still is getting out of the car and is not looking at us. Sorry, guys, I left the house key by accident. Can you open the garage door so we can unload <laughs> the groceries? Second fridge is in the garage. Six people in one home, guys. <laughs> I love the little notes that this person is leaving. My mom takes off inside with me trailing behind her. And lo and behold, the lock on the front door was still on and the garage door was locked as well. 
Guys, I can't even explain how terrifying that was for my mom and I. We don't speak of it. That day, my parents fought for hours. My mom thinking it was my stepdad playing some kind of prank on us, but that was clearly not the case. Later that night, when my mom was alone, I approached her and I asked what she thought about what happened. My mom looked at me very sharply, looked me dead in the eye and said, don't ever talk about this again. Don't. (laughs) I don't think to connect the two experiences at least not until now. Since then, I have not encountered the mimic. Ooh, that's like some doppelganger-ish right there. Yep. Ooh, I love a good doppelganger story. Me too. All right. So going back to kind of from a um, from a skeptic's point of view, my story is titled, Things Are Getting Pretty Weird. I'll be honest, I'm not truly one to believe in ghosts or anything since nothing bad has ever happened to me. I grew up watching The Hills Have Eyes and any other horror movie I could get my hands on in elementary, and not once did I ever have a nightmare. But odd things are happening lately, and this happened just a few minutes ago. Due to the quarantine and such, I moved in with my mother in Texas. It's just me, her, stepfather, and two little sisters. We own a ranch about 10 minutes away from the closest grocery store. I was in my room playing Call of Duty when suddenly she calls and asks, Hey, why are you grabbing my truck so late? Keep in mind, there's a citywide curfew, so everyone's indoors by 9 and in bed by 10. I said, I'm sorry? I go downstairs to check, and I see her truck headlights blasting down the driveway. As I walk towards it, I see that the inside lights are also on, and the radio is blasting. Wanting to get in, but the doors were locked, so I figured maybe my stepdad got drunk or something. My (laughs) My mother walks out, and she also carries a fanny pack. Family business. We sell hail hay bales so she always has cash for change and she reaches into it and pulls out her keys there's no way the truck should be on locked from the inside and my stepfather had been in bed since nine that's when i realized things didn't make sense and i just can't come up with an explanation to why the truck was like that lately things have been escalating it started off with random scratches on my car figured it was just animals but they were way too long i'd find ranch gates open even though we lock and chain them to prevent theft can't be random kids since we live a bit far away from the town and police are really enforcing the curfew. That and my little sister is waking up crying in the middle of the night. What could this possibly be? <gasps> I wonder. That is weird. Probably, I'm picturing like the classic ghost, like an old, like 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 a woman in like an old white dress, like fucking with a car because she doesn't know what it is or how it works. Like, ooh, what could this machine be? And she accidentally turns yeah. it on. We weren't allowed to get licenses when these first came out. <laughs> but yeah, that's just weird. And then the fact that it was locked from the outs, like locked from the inside it was like someone got in and then just closed the door and ran off but why and why are they blasting the radio well, i mean there's just so many weird factors going on i don't, I don't know it's just a very I don't know fucking weird encounter and now there's scratches on the car the gates are being opened to the ranch and this is all happening within this short period of time during quarantine so i don't know Dude, quarantine is really getting to people, and now it's getting to ghosts, too. It really is. Now the ghosts are even bored. They're like, oh, my God. We see you guys too often. Now we're losing things to come up with. The ghosts are trying to leave the ranch. (laughs) They're getting sick of the people, and that's why the car was (laughs) (laughs) We don't know how to drive one of these contraptions. Fuck. (laughs) Oh, God. That's funny. Okay. Okay, next. All right, this one is also kind of long. Oh, I have some long stories today. Look at me. 
Good for you. Creepy thing that happened to my mom and I. Hey, all. So I want to start off the story with a bit of background info. I'm 22 years old. My dad is an essential worker who works around patients with COVID-19. And as a family, we have decided that it would be best that he not return home for the time being because my mom had recently gotten her hernia removed, um, which had made her immune system very weak. And we didn't want her to put her we didn't want to put her in harm's way my mom is bedridden for now so she doesn't move around much i had stayed up until 3 a.m re-watching prison break and at this point i'm very tired this whole coronavirus quarantine thing got my sleep schedule all types of messed up so i decided it would be best if i sleep right away so i can try to wake up a bit early tomorrow morning i put my phone on charge drink a bit of water and lay down i fell asleep instantly i wake up and I try to move my arms, but I'm not able to. I can sort of look around, but it doesn't feel like my eyes are moving. It's kind of like when you see something through your peripheral vision. Then I see the black figure to my left, which I've come to befriend from my two or three times seeing him and having sleep paralysis. (laughs) I then close my eyes and exert all the energy I can into moving, and I wake up sweating bullets. It was around 4.02 a.m., so I decided that I would just continue to watch a movie or something so I didn't get sleep so I didn't get any sleep that night fast forward to Wednesday night my mom and I decided to watch an old Indian movie so I went to lay down on my dad's side of the bed and we started to watch the movie an hour in I hear the beep of the safe in my room open the beep is pretty loud so anyone could easily hear it nobody besides my mom and me were home and even if somebody was able to break in there was no way they were able to make it to my room you would have to go through the living room towards the hallway and go up the stairs to get into my room, so I would have easily seen someone walk past my parents' room or hear them. I started to panic because my dad's Glock 19 was in there and had some ammo tucked away to the side. It was an old-fashioned lock, so it wasn't hackable or anything like that. The only people that knew the code were my dad, my mom, and I. Seconds later, we hear something drop to the floor. I run... I run to close the room door and open up the lock that was in my parents' room, which had a couple of guns inside. I load up and get to the and get to the move, carefully making way into my room, trying not to make noise. My finger was on the trigger the whole time. My heart was beating super fast, and time had felt like it had stopped. Normally, it would take less than a minute to get to my room, but it took me at least three minutes to get to my room that day. I looked through every room before I got to mine. As soon as I approached, I heard footsteps inside. I point the gun up and slowly move towards the door so I can see inside. I take a couple of peeks, and I don't see anything. I rush inside and look around and see nobody. I stand towards the corner so I would be able to see everywhere so no one is able to run up on me. After a minute or so, I look around and see that my dad's gun was on the floor and all the bullets were scattered all around. I had some money in the safe, but all of it was still in there. My mom immediately calls the police. If someone was in my room, there was no way they could get out without using the door. There were no vents in my room, no windows, nothing. Scared, I go to my mom's room, and she has the scared look on her face. I ask her what's wrong, and she tells me the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life. She goes on and tells me that she saw me come in the room and stand towards the middle with an evil smile. No! She stares right up at me and then hears footsteps and hears me shouting that I was going to be right there. 
She wipes her tears. Then I enter the room and continue to ask her what's wrong. It is the next day, and my mom and I are still both scared shitless. My mom and I had told the police everything when they arrived. They looked around and told us there was no signs of a break-in of any sort. The lock in my room is a bit wonky, though. It refuses to close. We decided to call my uncle and his son to come live with us because we were scared. They live only two houses down, so it wasn't much of a hassle. Can someone please explain what this was? Was it a demon or something that came to fuck with us? We are really desperate for answers. Neither of us got any sleep last night. We're hoping that thing comes back so we can get it on video. Any suggestions for where we can get help from? What the hell? That's nuts. And then the fact that the child walked into the room and was staring at the mom with an evil smile, but it wasn't it wasn't him or her. Like what? Yeah, I know. That's the scary. What I love is the bit about how um, they go into, they're like, yeah, I was trying to sleep. And then I saw that big black mask that I see when I get sleep paralysis. Like, no so big casual. deal. Yeah. That's just Gary, you know. <laughs> he's keeping his, he's, he's social distancing though. He's keeping his six feet. So we're okay. Yeah, he's six feet away. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That's a, that's a freaky story, Lil. That's a freaky one. The evil oh. smile gets me. That's me too. Like that's fucked up. It's like what? It, like what are you trying to get from that? They're probably bored too. All these ghosts are bored as hell right now. Okay. Uh, toddler encounters a visitor. His head hurts. He's crying, mommy. Years ago, my young family had an encounter that changed our lives forever. It shook us to the core, but we couldn't ask for a better end result. My husband, Jay, myself, and my toddler, around 18 months, were finishing up dinner. My daughter, Brie, was at the age where she was cruising around the house on two feet and just starting to form sentences to communicate with. While wrapping up dinner, Brie, completely random and out of character, looks up at me and says, Mommy, his head hurts. Baffled, I asked, Whose head hurts, honey? I never heard her say these words before. And Brie says... He's crying, Mommy. His head hurts. My husband and I, both a little freaked out at this point, quickly wrapped up dinner and settled in the living room to try and wind <laughs> down. Bree was content with us for a few minutes, and then suddenly she slides off the couch and abruptly heads to her bedroom. Jay hurries after Bree to find her in her bedroom, frantically looking for something. She was searching into the crib, in the toy box, the closet. Jay picked Bree up and brought her back onto the couch with us. We tried to keep her attention, but she was clearly being distracted. We finally let her go again, and Jay followed her into the back bedroom at the end of the hallway. Once again, Bree was in a frenzy looking for something, all while saying, His head hurts, Daddy. He's crying. He's sad. A moment later, she stops searching, and with a bewildered look on her face, Bree says, He's gone. Unsure. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unsure of what to do or how to react, once again, Jay picks up his daughter and begins to carry her back to the living room. On their way back, and while in the middle of the hallway, Bree says, Daddy, stop! While pointing to an old black and white photo of a man, the hallway was lined with photos, Bree points to the man in the photo and says to Jay, His head hurts. He's sad, Daddy. The photo she was pointing to was Jay's father. He suffered depression and took his life many years ago when Jay was young. He shot himself. As a family, as a family believes, as we as a family believe that this was Jay's father reaching out to his family, attempting to meet his granddaughter. A few days after the encounter, we as a family visited the grave of Jay's father. We paid our respects and we introduced myself and Bree. Though it began as one of the scariest experiences of our lives, and still is, we conclude with feeling good overall and showing love to family. Since paying our visit, Bree has never mentioned anything related to the encounter that day. She has also not repeated any of the strange words since that day. 
Side note, this story did not happen to me personally, but a very close family member. Names are changed. It's a better story when told in first person. Furthermore, um, I would not post it if I had any doubts of the events or authenticity. I got chills the day I was told, shortly after it happened. I remember the details clearly, and this is one of those great paranormal stories that I personally can relate to. I hope it did just. I hope I did justice. Too good not to share. Enjoy. That wow. is crazy. It's when it's when those like kids that can barely speak are saying these words that they would never have been exposed to at this point in their life. It's like, how can you debunk that, really? Exactly. That's. I think that kids are the most reliable source in a way. And out of all the photos, yeah. she like points to the one and's like, oh, his head's the one that hurts, and that's the one that shot himself in the head. Like that's nuts. Yeah. All right. What's your last story, Lil? All right. This one is called. I thought it was my mother. A few years ago, I decided to stay up a little later than usual and watch YouTube. My mom was in her bedroom sleeping. While I was focused on a video, I saw my mom walk into the bathroom. I didn't think anything of it until I realized there was no light on in there. Hey, mom, what are you doing? I said. Then I heard her voice from her room. I was I was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I was sleeping, bitch. <laughs> my heart immediately started racing. If my mother was in her room, who walked into the bathroom? I looked into the bathroom. No one. No sign of anyone ever going in. The next day, while my mom was at work, I heard a really loud thump come from the other room. I went to investigate and saw a bottle of shampoo thrown into the hallway. My bathtub is completely perpendicular to the hallway, and the bottle couldn't have realistically just fallen. It looked like someone had smacked the bottle off of the tub. There have been minor incidents like this afterwards, but none that are as terrifying as this. Again, with the bathroom. What is with and bathrooms? I have to say, when I was skimming this and I saw bathtub, I was like, that's it. It's in. It's in for the has, episode. It's has to be it in. It has to happen. We can do a whole series just based on haunted bathrooms. I'm convinced at this point. <laughs> All right. So my last story, I started with a demon story. I'm going to end with a demon story. So this is titled, Ooh, yay. I have a demon that won't leave me alone. I've always had a thing for the paranormal. A few months ago, I got a Ouija board because me and my friends wanted to try it out. I don't really believe in it, but I still found it fun to mess around with. Bitch, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? (laughs) One day, I was using it with a friend, and I got in contact with a ghost named Bella. She was a bad spirit looking for revenge. She said she committed suicide after being abused and bullied. She started talking with me often and told me a lot about her past, but she also made multiple threats and said things about wanting revenge and wanting to kill me. I started always feeling her presence in my room, and I felt her watching me sleep. This is fucked up. Okay. One day, my mom told me my told me and my brothers to go clean the kitchen after dinner, but one of my brothers left to go for a walk without me noticing. I started to get pissed because I thought he was in his room not helping, so I went to the basement to go get him. He wasn't in his room, so I checked the bed the bathroom, which was closed, so I assumed he was in there. I knocked on the door, telling him to come help, but got no answer. After a few times of knocking, I heard the toilet flush, so I decided to go back upstairs and continue cleaning. A few minutes later, my brother walks in the front door, coming home from his walk. There was no one in the basement, so there was no one who could have flushed the toilet. This really freaked me out. I have no Haunted clue. bathroom. Yep. I have no clue who or what could have done this, but I have a feeling it was Bella. Do ghosts poop? <laughs> they do now. That's, that's the question from the story. Do ghosts poop? Do they use the bathroom? Maybe that's why that's it's haunted. That's a good question, because I've never seen ghosts eat. So if they're not eating, they're probably not pooping. Like, what are they digesting, you know? 
Oh my god. If I were a ghost, I would be eating. Yeah, I'd still that's want all to I eat. would do. Yeah. Especially the case of the missing food. <laughs> yeah, well, if your food goes missing, just know that if I die, it's me stealing yeah. your food stash. All right, on that note, that concludes this episode of Jess Cooley Things, the spooky story special episode 30. We got through this, no issues, the third take, third time's a charm, I guess. Yeah. So before anything else happens, let's go right through the socials, okay, Lil? Let's do it. Instagram. Just Cooley Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams, at Rebecca Ruber and... At Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Cooley Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Cooley Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Cooley Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they'd like to share on our show, please email us at... Just Cooley Things Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.